0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's going on, Saints fans? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple. definitely helps out the channel. And if you haven't already, go check out the YouTube page. Got some fun videos there. Did a film review of Taysom Hill in his third start against the Falcons. A lot of good, a lot of bad at the same time, too, with the fumble issues. But there was a lot to like from his footwork, the way he went through his reads. He had some really good throws. He had one on the sideline. On a third and 17 to Michael Thomas, that ball was on a rope. And hopefully we'll see more of that because, frankly, it looks like he's going to start this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. And for this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast, I wanted to bring on Matt Lupi of eagles nation he'll be on the show in a little bit to talk about jalen hurts being the starter what to expect from this offense now that hurts is the man under center doug peterson whether he's on the hot seat talk about a couple of eagles things to get us ready always nice to go over to enemy territory and get their perspective on this 2020 season but before we do that let's talk about some interesting topics with the saints let's get to the drew Brees news that came out today um, some really interesting stuff. And then we'll also talk about the injury report and what that looks like on this Wednesday. Um, but for the Drew Brees story, it's pretty interesting. So it seems like he's progressing well, but he's not going to play this Sunday. That's basically how the Ian Rappaport, uh, worded this. It's, uh, that he's progressing well, and he could be activated off IR because his three weeks are up, but it doesn't seem like he's going to come off. And the saints are planning on ramping his activity or his workload, I should say, on Thursday to see how he feels. Can he throw without pain? Is he able to withstand a full practice session? We'll find that out tomorrow. Um, or as you're listening to this on Thursday morning, probably you'll find out later today. Uh, and the interesting thing with Breeze was we never really thought he was going to play in the Eagles game. At least I didn't. And I think a lot of Saints fans would agree when we talk, when we spoke on Twitter. Uh, we all said, hey, look, either the Chiefs game or the Christmas game. And we'll see. I mean, it might not be the Chiefs game. It might end up being the Christmas game. Or maybe he does come back for week 15. But I always thought week 15 made a lot of sense for two things. One, it's a Super Bowl preview, perhaps. And I'm not saying the Saints are going to make the Super Bowl. But the Saints need to find out where are they with Drew Brees? Like, how good is this team? Because we only really had one glimpse of the Saints getting Drew Brees at quarterback and the defense playing elite football. And that one glimpse happened against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they beat them 38-3. to And they look like the best team in the NFL for that week. And obviously that's encouraging and you think that is what you can be moving forward with Drew. But we never really got enough, uh, I'd say, enough consistency from this Drew Brees team with a good defense. And while they're playing good defense, a lot of it's happened with Drew out of the lineup. Drew really only had about one and a half games worth of the defense playing elite football, the Buccaneers game, and then half of the 49ers game before he eventually left because the man had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 fractured ribs. So it's going to be interesting. I think the Saints have to find that balance of, okay, when is Drew back and when can Drew not be at a huge risk of re-injury? And when can Drew come in so we can establish some rhythm for the postseason? I know a lot of people say, hey, Chris, don't look ahead. The Saints clinched the playoff spot. It would be dumb of me and naive of me to not say, hey, like, what are they going to look like for the playoffs? Because they are going to be in the playoffs. The next four games are going to decide seeding, obviously, and you want the Saints to get the one seed in a year where only the top seed gets the bye. But you have to talk about what are the Saints going to look like. And we really don't know for a fact what they're going to look like. We know they can be better. We know offensively they can improve. They can make up on those mistakes that we'd have to think would go away once Breeze is in the lineup, but you don't know till you see it. But I think it's interesting to see what happens. I think Week 15 is a good spot because one, like I mentioned before, you're facing a Super Bowl caliber team. Two, you're going to be in the dome, so you don't have to worry about him being out in the cold and breathing in the cold air with his fractured ribs. You don't got to worry about that. That's out of the question. You're in the dome, in the comfy dome. You know what the environment's going to be. It's controlled, and that's good. And three, I think you're going up in a game where Drew's got to go. Like Drew's got to get in rhythm, and if Drew can get in rhythm... I think for him five days later to play on Christmas Day, you feel like, okay, in in this span, in that span from the Chiefs to the Vikings game, Drew can quickly get in rhythm. And and then you get to week 17 against the Panthers, and you could either sit him, depending on where you are seating-wise, or he plays and gets one more chance to tune himself up for the playoffs. And I think that's a really good spot for Drew Brees. So that's why with the news of him not playing week 14, I'm not really losing sleep over it. I kind of thought that would be the case. And we'll see what happens week 15. We probably won't know till later next week. I think Sean would be wise to kind of keep the, the Chiefs guessing. I'm sure he'll consider it. But I think that is when we're going to see Drew Brees play. Um, I never thought you know, he was going to come back for the Eagles game. So it doesn't really surprise me. I'm sure you guys agree on that. Now, before we get into our interview with Matt Lupe, so we could talk about the Eagles and the Saints and what might happen there, let's talk about the injury report for the Saints. Because obviously this was a pretty jam-packed week When it comes to the injury report, and and look, it's not a big issue for the Saints. I mean, injuries have been a problem for the majority of this year, but they've been able to overcome injury after injury after injury. So what does it look like this week? I would say it's actually pretty encouraging. So let's start off with the guys that didn't practice. Malcolm Brown with a shoulder injury, Patrick Robinson with a hamstring injury. The P-Rob one kind of concerns me because P-Rob had the hamstring injury last week, still played against the Falcons, then left early because he re-injured that hamstring. Does he play in this game? My guess is no, unfortunate. It would be a nice little revenge game for him against the Eagles, but I don't think he's going to end up playing. It's fine. It happens. Janoris Jenkins, limited, and he was one of many limited participants. Uh, Ryan Ramchick was limited with an elbow injury. Michael Thomas, limited with an ankle injury. Deontay Harris, limited with a neck injury. And Shy Tuttle, limited with a wrist injury. So, I don't even think that's bad news there. I think Michael Thomas, I, I told you guys a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to keep banging away at this drum you got to load manage the hell out of Michael Thomas for the rest of the season. And I think it's a smart play and I'm no longer concerned about what he's going to do on the football field. I think Michael Thomas looks great. He had two hundred yard receiving games over the last three weeks without Drew Brees at quarterback. I think that's a really good sign. I think he's getting back into rhythm. So if you got a limited workload, so he can be an explosive player on Sunday. You always do that. And then you got Deontay Harris, who's missed a couple of games. Getting him back would be a huge plus, not only as a receiver, but in the return game. That would be huge. And I think that the Saints should expect him to be back this weekend as long as he doesn't suffer a setback. Neck injuries can be scary. But the Saints never put him on IR. And because the Saints never put him on IR, they were probably thinking he will only miss two games at most. This would be the third game. And if he was put on IR, it would have made sense. They wouldn't think he's going to play in this game. So for that logic... I think we'll see him back on Sunday against the Eagles. Shy Tuttle, we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be too worried there. Janoris Jenkins and Ramchek are the big ones. Ramchek, I would just take it as man O-line. They get beat up badly week after week. He needs some time. He needs some maintenance to be ready on Sunday. And Janoris Jenkins, we'll see. The fact that he's practicing already is a great sign. When he first got hurt, I thought it was going to be a big-time injury. It looked bad. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess by the way this timeline has been for him, it was a hyperextension of the knee. Not the worst thing in the world, but not great, obviously. It's definitely not comfortable, and it doesn't look comfortable at all when it first happened against the Broncos. Janoris has been great for the Saints this year. He's really elevated his game since the bye. If they can get him back for this one, that'd be huge because they're going to go up against an interesting Eagles receiving corps. Not great, but interesting because they got a speed guy in Jalen Rager. They got Alshon Jeffrey, who's slow as hell, but, I mean, he is a big body receiver, so, okay. They also got guys like Greg Ward who are interesting characters. The Eagles throw an interesting cast at you. Um, so to have your Jenkins would be nice. You always want to have that depth because if you don't have your Jenkins and you don't have Patrick Robinson, we're going to see a lot of PJ Williams. And I don't want to see a lot of PJ Williams, at least not on the outside cornerback role. I don't want to see a lot of PJ, PJ Williams. And I'm sure most of you guys agree on that. Now let's get to full participant. And this is where we get pumped. Marcus Davenport, full participant with the concussion. If he plays this Sunday, they're going to have a really good chance to get after this Eagles D line because Uh, O-line, excuse me, because the Eagles are not really built well in the trenches. They're old, they're slow, they're injured. Not a good trio to have. Probably the worst trio to have when it comes to your offensive lineman. I think Davenport coming back can give them a major lift. And Ty Montgomery, hamstring injury, full participant. Hasn't really done much this year. I completely whiffed on that one. I thought he'd be a decent role player for them. Hasn't amounted to much, uh, much, but it's probably because of the injuries. But hey, if he could play, he could give them something. Whatever, you take it. It's depth. You take it whenever. So not a bad injury report for the Saints. Now, without further ado... Let's get into that interview with Matt Loopy. Let's talk about some Eagles, some Saints, because it's going to be an interesting battle because Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback for this game, not Carson Wentz. And that's going to be the main storyline for this game between the Saints and the Eagles. All right, That Nation now joining me inside the Straight Up Saints podcast is Matt Loopy, contributor to Philadelphia Eagles Nation and host of the Birds Banter podcast. First off, Matt, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing, man?
1: Good, Chris. Thank you for having me on.
0: Absolutely. So this is going to be an interesting game to say the least between the saints and the Eagles. Um, it's always a fun one when they get together, they obviously have a lot of history, but this one's a little bit different because the Eagles decided that they're going to roll with Jalen hurts for this game. So right off the bat, I got to ask you, what's your take on this whole hurts Carson Wentz saga. Are you a fan of them making this move?
1: Yeah, I think it absolutely had to be done. I'm excited to see what Jalen hurts has to provide. Um, you know, like I've been mentioning. The Eagles put themselves into this situation. They drafted Jalen Hurts with a second-round pick. Everybody knew that whether it be this year or years down the road, there would always there was always going to be a quarterback controversy between Wentz and Hurts. Um, unfortunately, we get it in his rookie season. He's actually the starter um, later in the year. And number one, I'm excited to see what he has to offer because Carson Wentz has been... He, I can't even say inconsistent. He's been consistent, but consistently bad. And uh, it's rough to watch him, and he has no spark with his offense anymore. And um, I just feel bad for Carson Wentz. He's a great guy, and the Eagles have definitely failed to put weapons and a good scheme around him to help him succeed. And um, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to come in and be the guy that they're looking for, but they have a very hard decision to make this offseason. Yeah, it's not so looking good for Carson Wentz.
0: I wanted to ask you, Carson's obviously really well-respected by the fans, well-respected by the team. Uh, and then earlier today, the reporters asked, so it was Fletcher Cox liked the tweet that basically indicated, if you retweet it, you're for uh, Jalen Hurts starting. If you like it, you're for Carson Wentz uh, starting. He liked it. Um, and then when asked about it, he basically said, you know, he did what he did and he stands by his social media activity. I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with what Fletcher Cox did, but do you think that there might be some division within the locker room or do you think this is something that is people are just getting a little bit crazy over Twitter? It's not that big of a deal.
1: Um, I think there's definitely going to be some divide in the locker room and it's unfortunate that that's, that that's going to happen, but I think. these players understand what Wentz has gone through he's been hurt a few times in his career he's seen Nick Foles come and win a Super Bowl take it from him because he was down with a torn ACL and they wanted him to come back and be the quarterback everybody wants him to be and then now it's taken from him again so I think a lot of players are having Carson Wentz's back but the thing I want to see the most is when Jalen Hurts steps on the field I want Carson Wentz and everybody to support him he is going to be the starting quarterback you have to support who's on the field for you so um, I do agree to an extent you have to defend your your quarterback and Carson Wentz, and I support Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey for doing so, but you don't want it to cause any divide. You have to welcome the rookie and make sure you're putting him into a situation to win.
0: So I want to ask you, obviously, we're going to get into the game and, and the keys to victory and all that in a little bit, but Doug Peterson talked about making the game plan more friendly for Jalen Hurts and whether that's running the football more getting out short passes. Um, do you think this is something... That and I don't want. I don't want to say that this is an assumption for me, but do you think that Doug Peterson did enough to help out Carson Wentz this season, and, and now it's just Jalen Hurts can do more with the football, or do you think that Doug Peterson's all of a sudden making a one eighty and actually making his offense a little bit more friendly for his quarterback because hey, he's got a rookie in going up against the number one seed in the NFC?
1: No, yeah, Chris, you're absolutely right. The the comment that Doug Peterson made today was mind blowing because he said, you know, Jalen Hurts is the starter. We're going to increase the run game, get him involved more, um, let him get more comfortable with the offense. And the past couple of weeks, Miles Sanders has been non-existent. They rush him for about 10 yards a game or 10 carries a game, and it's not helping the offense at all. He's one of the best running backs in the conference, in the league, if he gets going and gets comfortable with the offense, but they're not giving him the opportunity to do so. So it's a little bit mind-blowing that when Carson Wentz is on the field, they're not helping him with the run game. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts, you're saying, Oh, we're going to give him all this help. Where was that with Carson? So it, Doug is, he's frustrating me a lot this year, but that just was a tipping point. I don't understand it at all.
0: So I'm glad you mentioned it. And I, I want to talk about Doug Peterson, because when you win a Super Bowl, you get, you get a long leash. And, and I can tell you this from experience mm-hmm. because when the saints won in 09 and God, it, it, it's 11 years ago, it's been forever. But the saints had a stretch after Sean Payton came back from his bounty gate suspension, where yeah, they made the playoffs in 2013, but for 2014, 2015, and 2016, they went 7-9. and nine. They weren't making the playoffs, and a lot of people said, hey, do you move on from Sean Payton? Do you get rid of him? Saints stuck with him, ended up being the right move, because obviously we've seen what the Saints have done. Doug Peterson hasn't hit that wall where they're missing the playoffs consistently. I mean, they, they made the playoffs last season, obviously, um, and even the year before, so it's not like they're missing the playoffs. But when does Doug get to the point where the Eagles have to consider, if you don't show us a change they got to find a new coach or do you think this comes down to roster management? Like who's, who's more to blame here. Is it Howie Roseman or is it Doug Peterson?
1: I think it's definitely Doug because a lot of people want to criticize Howie Roseman and his drafting abilities, but um, I don't see another GM in the league, even in history that has missed on that many draft picks. And that's why I think it's more of a coaching issue than a draft evaluation issue. You see all these players in the league step in the rookie year, you know, Justin Jefferson, for instance, Vikings draft him. He's one of the best rookie wide receivers, if not the best. And you got Jalen Rager taking a pick right before him, and the Eagles just aren't utilizing him the way they should be. So you bring in a talent like Rager, you bring in a talent like J.J. Ortega Whiteside, who has done nothing his entire career. Um, If anything, he's hurting the Eagles more than helping them. And, you know, you see other receivers doing the complete opposite with their offense. So it's... It, it's troubling to see that they're not integrating these players the way they should be and developing them the way that they should be. Um, so I think a lot falls on Doug Peterson and yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The Super Bowl gives him a longer leash and they're going to rely on that. They're going to say, Hey, we made the playoffs the last three years. Um, give him some credit. No other team has really done that across the league. So he does deserve some credit, but at the same time, if you're going to sit back and look at that Super Bowl year, you're just failing your offense. You're failing your defense. You're failing your team as a whole. Um, because the longer it takes to make that change, it's going to hurt the team going forward.
0: So we talked about it on on your podcast, obviously, about Carson Wentz. You know whether he's fixable, where he could go. Um, and, and I kind of want to bring back that point, obviously, so Saints fans can get a listen to because Saints fans talk about Carson Wentz a whole awful lot. And I think it's it's whether they're in this idea? Well, Hey, maybe, you know, if Drew Brees leaves, we can fix him. Or some people like, you know, hell no, I don't want Carson Wentz. Uh, one, do you think that he is fixable? And two, what would be the premier spot? We talked about a a certain location in the AFC that we think is a good spot for him. What do you think is the great spot for Carson Wentz if he is fixable?
1: Yeah. I mean, the Colts just makes too much sense because of Frank Reich, they have a good offense right now. They just are missing the quarterback. Philip Rivers is obviously not who he used to be. They have a good running game to support Wentz. They have some decent receivers, but they can also build on the future. Good, good offensive line, too. They're cheap as well. Um, but for Carson Wentz, I absolutely think he's fixable. I don't think he's ever going to achieve that top three, top five quarterback status like he did in 2017. But I think he will be a consistent, consistently top 10, top 12 quarterback in the league. And a lot of Eagles fans agree with that because you see even last year when he did have some struggles, he did have some flashes of excellence, um, especially late in the season. He was playing almost perfect football. And um, this year he's making so many mistakes and it's not like he's just, you know, misfiring the ball. A lot of it's mental. He he's missing. Even when he makes a good play, he's under throwing the receiver. And you know, that Carson Wentz's mechanics and technique is not that bad that he's just missing every single throw. Something is going on up here. Um, I would say about 80% of this is mental in his game, and it's going to take a, have to be a good coach and a good situation to put him in to help fix that. And the Eagles are failing him. They don't have an offensive coordinator. Doug Peterson is pretty much controlling the entire offense, and he's constantly practicing with Jalen Hurts, a rookie quarterback who is pretty good in college as well. So he feels that pressure. So they're not in a situation right now to give Wentz the opportunity, and uh, I think a team like the Colts would be able to do so.
0: So, I want to ask you, and I think Jason Kelsey brought it up today. And I think he did a good job bringing it up that, you know, a change needs to be made, but it's not like Carson Wentz is the reason that the Eagles are like playing poor football right now. He's one of the reasons, but he's not the entire reason. So, if we take Carson to the side, who's one player for the Eagles this season that you've been just flat out disappointed with their play? And on the flip side, who's one guy where at least, hey, look, in a down year, that's a bright spot. That's someone who I could say, hey, for the next two, three, five years, I can't wait to see him playing for the for the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give you two disappointments. One big disappointment is Lane Johnson. Um, he's been hurt. He's on the IR right now. His season is done because he has an ankle injury. And you have to give him a little bit of, um, you know, longer leash because he did have surgery on his ankle right before the year. He tried to play through it. It just wasn't working. Um, so I credit him for giving it a try. But when he was on the field, he wasn't the same, you know, one of the top right tackles in the league like he used to be. So. Definitely disappointed in his play An underrated disappointment. Um, we talked about this the other day, Darius Slay on defense. He's been pretty good earlier in the season against, you know, some decent wide receivers. And then all of a sudden DK Metcalf and uh, Devonte Adams come in across from him and he just can't hang with them. He's not the same player he used to be. And I think that is a disappointment because yes, you can expect Metcalf and Adam to ha- Adams to have great games. However, you paid Darius Slay all this money. You draft or you gave up a third round and a fifth round pick. You're expecting him to be a lockdown corner, matchup proof, you could say, and he has not proven that. So that's an underrated disappointment. Um, a someone that has surprised me a lot is Alex Singleton, linebacker, and um, it was someone I was advocating a lot in 2019. He played phenomenal in training camp, and then they just put him on the practice squad. He came up and did okay last year or this past season. Same situation. And um, wasn't really given an opportunity. And then Nate Gary, the one of the most hated defenders in Eagles' uh, pastime right now, but he goes down with an injury. He just had surgery, actually. But um, Alex Singleton was given the keys to that middle role in the defense, and he played pretty well. He can cover. Um, he's very aggressive, super fast, short tackler. Um, he's led the Eagles in tackles four times this season. So I really like what, what I see out of him, and I think he could be a focal point at the linebacker group.
0: So let's talk about this upcoming game. Now let's get into it. Saints-Eagles. The injury report came out for both teams um, today. Is there anyone that you're looking out for their status on the Eagles saying, hey, look, if they don't play, it's going to be tough or this might be a determining factor outside of the quarterback play, which we'll get to in a little bit?
1: Yeah, there's there's two of them. Number one, Fletcher Cox. He did not participate today um, due to a neck injury. It was the same injury he had going into the Packers game last week. So I think this might just be Load management, make sure he's okay and not re injuring anything, make sure he's ready for game time. Um, he was questionable going into the Packers game and he gave it a go and played pretty well. So I think he should be okay unless there was any sort of setback and they end up to uh, make him inactive for the game. But that would be huge. Uh, the Eagles have a good defensive line, but Fletcher Cox is the bread and butter right there. And losing him would just be detrimental um, against a good Saints offense. But Other than that, Derry Slay was limited with a knee injury. He went down late in the game against the Packers. And I'm sure, as you've seen, the Eagles secondary is is bad and it's beat up right now. So if they can't have their best corner out there, then Taysom Hill is going to have a much easier day.
0: So you mentioned Darius Slay and and Fletcher Cox both being on the injury report. What are the matchups, at least one offensively, one defensively, that as an Eagles fan, you're like, all right, you know what, this is a little bit concerning. Um, Because even though the Saints are not going to have Drew Brees for this one, it's basically confirmed at this point that Taysom's going to start. The Saints have at least shown they can, I'll say manufacture offense. It hasn't been great, but they're finding ways to move the chains. So what are two matchups, one on offense and one on defense, that concern you?
1: So on defense, I'm concerned about Michael Thomas. Obviously, he's one of the best receivers in the league. He's a big target. He can get open, get that separation, and have some good yards after a catch. So I think if Darius Slay is, if he's banged up, if he's not on his A game, if he's playing like he did the last few games, then it's going to be a tough day for Darius Slay. And Taysom Hill, um, although he's been inconsistent, it's a big target for him to hit. He can make um, some throws. And Michael Thomas catches almost everything thrown to him. So um, that is something I'm definitely concerned about on offense. It, Miles Sanders, if you try to get him rolling, it's a pretty good Saints defensive front that you're facing, and the Eagles offensive line has been inconsistent and injured almost all year. Jason Peters did not participate this uh, today in practice because he's dealing with a dislocated and broken toe. He's playing through it for the rest of the season, but he's not 100%. He's getting up there in age for sure, and I think if they can't establish the run game, then it sets the entire offense up for failure because you have a rookie quarterback and if he's expected to throw 30 passes then it's going to be a rough game
0: so what are two because i don't want to make this all negative look the, the eagles granted it's it's been a rough stretch for them you never know you get in a new quarterback could be a spark plug what are a couple of things or at least just one where you're saying all right that's a matchup where the eagles can take advantage they've been doing it most of the season what's that one matchup for you that you sit there and you're like all right this is where they can make uh make a living here in this game
1: Right, Um, I I like Jalen Rager this week because whatever um, cornerback is going to face him, whether it be Marshawn Lattimore, um, I think he can you know try to develop that connection with Jalen Hurts. They did work together this offseason quite a bit, so I think Jalen Hurts and Jalen Rager can connect this game. I think this is a opportunity for Doug Peterson and High Roseman to show the league these are our top two draft draft picks, and they've been criticized a lot, but we're gonna you know show what they got and. I think Jalen Hurts, in order to get comfortable, he's got to connect on some deep balls. Um, another matchup I like on offense is Dallas Goddard. He is a matchup nightmare for defenses. If you try to put a linebacker on him, he's going to make the play. And um, he, he's, he's quick. He's athletic. He can outbody a safety. So it's tough to put anybody on him. Um, so it's a big target for Jalen Hurts to hit.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Jalen Rager because that's a guy who, look, the, the production isn't technically there yet, but it's not because he's not necessarily playing well. It's just it hasn't the opportunities haven't been there, and you saw in the Packers game he was getting uh, a little shine there. And I think that you mentioned Lattimore, who has a reputation as a really great corner, and Saints fans love him, but he's been so inconsistent. Um, I talked about on your podcast. He gave up 105 yards to Calvin Ridley. Um, I mean, look, they weren't all exclusively to Calvin Ridley, but when Calvin Ridley goes for over 100 and Lattimore's shadowing him, it's not a great sign and rager's got a good quick twitch so that might be something to look out mm-hmm. for in dallas goddard i mean you you know how i feel about the guy he is an outstanding tight end he'll get more uh, i i think more appreciation as he gets um his you know more years under his belt i want to talk about jalen hurts because this is a player who I, I think most football fans love the only people who don't really love him are probably georgia fans because they had their hearts broken in the sec championship game probably that's probably it everyone else loves jalen hurts his story is yes. amazing Um, and and you have guys like Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley, just coming out today saying, I'm wishing him the best. He's going to do well. What are you expecting? What's a realistic expectation for Jalen Hurts in his first start with the Eagles?
1: Yeah, I like Hurts a lot. Um, I'm with you and I don't think he was obviously a top prospect coming out of college. He did have some holes in his game and a lot of people doubted his ability as just a passer. People thought him as a uh, dual threat quarterback. That's why when he was drafted by the Eagles everybody's like, oh, he's going to be a running back or a gadget player like Taysom Hill was when Drew Brees is healthy. So there are some concerns to his game. I think he's going to play a lot better than people expect. I think Doug Peterson will have a better time integrating the offense for him because Carson Wentz, although he is a bit dynamic, um, it's not the same as what it used to be in 2017 when he can escape any single pocket and make it happen, whether it be with his legs or with an amazing throw. Jalen Hurts provides that ability. So I think the offense will look a little bit better with Jalen Hurts. Um, Again, not amazing. I think he's going to end the game with about 230 passing yards, probably 40 rushing yards and two total touchdowns.
0: So, and I think that would be a really fair outing for him. I think that would be good. I think Eagles fans would be pleased. What, and before we get into prediction real quick, what has to happen? Like what needs to happen for this Eagles team for them to get back on the right ship? Cause I know a lot of people are going doom and gloom. I mean, you could turn on any TV station, any channel. I mean, you could have Colin Coward saying they're in a the worse spot in the league. Like what is the quick fix for this team? If there is one.
1: Um, I don't think there is, is any quick fix because there's a lot of holes right now and they're not in a position right now to turn it around and compete for the NFCs. They're two games back from the giants. And frankly, I would rather have a top draft pick than compete in the playoffs because frankly, they're going to get blown out, whether it be the Rams, the Seahawks, whoever they face. So right now, um, not so much a quick fix, but long-term fixes that can help this team. Maybe not in 2021, because there's going to be an insane amount of retooling, as they want to say. They don't want to admit the rebuilding at all. Um, But adjusting to this new norm, I would say get a new head coach, get some new minds in the front office. I do like Howie Roseman. A lot of people hate him. But um, if you want to keep him around, you got to bring some more talent around him. And just improve the offense as a whole because there's a lot of holes right now. And whether it be Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts, you have to build around him. And honestly, Chris, it could be a quick fix because we've seen some of the top receivers this year Robbie Anderson, DeAndre Hopkins, and um, Stephon Diggs were all players that were on a new team this year. So you can bring in somebody, whether it be a free agent or a draft pick like Jamar Chase, you bring in a new guy, and all of a sudden your offense can improve significantly. So In 2021, I think the Eagles have a lot of work to do. Um, However, they're probably not going to be an instant contender. They have many holes um, that they're going to have to work on this year.
0: So, you mentioned saying, oh, you know, I, I probably would rather get the better draft pick than competing for the division title at this point because, you know, the NFC East is in a bad spot. I mean, they're probably going to face, like you said, Seahawks or Rams. It's not a great matchup. And even if they do, let's say, get that upset win, it's just tough to just constantly keep winning in the playoffs with a roster that doesn't, it's not on par with everyone else right now. So, to get to that step, I mean, t- this Sunday's game will probably be the nail in the coffin. If the Eagles were to lose, it's probably too big of a deficit, I believe, for them to come back and win the division. So, Without further ado, what is your prediction for the Saints-Eagles game? How do you think it's going to play out, and what do you think the score is going to end up being?
1: Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. I think it's going to be closer than many people expect. I think it's going to be very exciting to watch with both Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill playing uh, both dynamic quarterbacks. I think the Eagles are going to lose by 10 here. My prediction yesterday was 34-24. to 24. I'm going to stay true to that. And I think Hurts is going to have a good game. I think he's going to throw an interception, But, you know, it's just growing pains for the rookie. Um, I think Taysom Hill is going to have a pretty average game, maybe above average, probably two or three total touchdowns. And uh, if the Saints really want to dominate this game, they have to find ways to get Alvin Kamara involved and try to run all over this defense because the Eagles run defense is not what it used to be. But um, I'm sure they can find ways to slow him down because they are expecting a run from Hill and, and Kamara. So... Um, if they want to get Kamara involved, especially in the passing game, then the saints have, I wouldn't say an easy victory, but they have a better road to the victory than the Eagles do.
0: Absolutely. I'm on the same page. You know, Do I think the Saints are going to win this game? Yes, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Eagles are going to be rejuvenated that they made a quarterback change. And look, maybe it doesn't pay dividends in the win column because the Saints right now have the deeper roster and they're going for the one seed. They really can't afford to slip up. I think the Saints do end up winning, but I think it's going to be around that 27 to 20 ballpark. Um, So I think it'll be another nail biter. A lot of Saints games usually are. It should be a fun one, though. Before I let you go, Matt, let everyone know where they can follow your content, both your podcast your contributions for Eagles nation, where can they follow all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, so the podcast is the bird's Badger podcast. You can find us on any platform out there. Um, it's presented by PHL sports nation. We do work for every single, uh, Philly sports team. So if you ever, you know, want to read about some Philly sports, check out phlsportsnation.com And you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore loopy.
0: Absolutely. Matt, it was a pleasure having you on. And for the Dat Nation listening to this episode, uh, get ready for an interesting game. Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts, two dynamic quarterbacks, both ran for over a thousand yards in their college career. So expect some motion plays and some interesting football. Uh, there it should be a fun one. Eagles Saints coming up this Sunday. Have fun, guys. Enjoy
1: the weekend. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the Straight Up Saints podcast.